All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us for another installment of the Grace, the Power of the Gospel series. Now, we are on lesson four tonight. Lesson four. Now, the subtitle for our lesson is Faith Accesses Grace. Faith Accesses Grace. Now, when you think of that word access, what do what comes to mind when you hear that word access? Able to enter in. Okay, entering in. Alright. So if I have access to the VIP section in a club or restaurant, then that means I have access, I have ability to open the door. Open the door, get in, and I get to partake of things that com the common folk don't get to partake of, right? Okay, all right, so access. So faith accesses grace. So we talk about grace a lot. It's like, you know, a word that we always consistently use. So for anybody who may be new listening, grace is what? Unmerited favor. Right, unmerited favor. Undeserved, there you go. Undeserved. Would the word unlimited apply? Yeah. Okay. So when we talk about grace, we're talking about just the theology, right? Or are we talking about more than that? So it's not just a 50 cent the mm -hmm. theological word, mm -hmm. right? Grace is really grace as a person. And then one difference I like is um, God's provision to meet man's every need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God's provision to meet man's every need, right? So would you say Jesus is the provision oh, yeah. to meet man's every need? Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. right. And I'm a mnemonic guy, sorry. And I say God's righteousness at Christ's expense. That's right. And that spells grace. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Now. All right. We got some Baptist preacher now. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to write that down, brother. <laughs> Five points, man. That's right. All right. So faith accesses grace. Now, last week, well, not last week, but the last time we met here in, in our Virginia Beach study, we were talking about the purpose of the law. So we're kind of going to continue to tie in that, that function because the law, we talk about the law a lot. Now, when you hear the word law in this context, what are we talking about? The Mosaic law. Okay. All right. So in simpler terms, what is that? Like it was given to Moses, obviously, the, like basically it's following the Ten Commandments. And, okay. Well, in simple terms, you can say what work righteousness. Okay. The thou shalt not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. The thou shalt not. So now, we have a certain relationship with the law now. Okay. After Jesus came. 
right? So, and I think when just based on our studies before, we talked about how, you know, there's a lot of confusion in reference to what the loss means for us now under the new covenant, right? Do we throw it away? Does it have no purpose now? No, right? It definitely has purpose. But is its purpose to perfect us? No. No. Because it can't do that, right? We can't do it. <laughs> she said something. We can't do it. Because there's nothing wrong with the law. We got the, we the issues with us. The weakness of our flesh. All right, so let's go to Romans 3. Romans 3, and we're going to go all the way down to this. Hmm. Just stay in context. Let's go to verse 26. And I'm going to read in King James first. All right. It says, To declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the gen of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Verse 31, let's look at this. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. Now, verse 31 in the New Living Translation says, Well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Now, before I read it in the Amplified, what do you, what do you hear in this translation here? The second part of verse 31. Can you read it again? All right. It says, well then, if we emphasize faith, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. So what is Paul communicating here? I think what he's saying is that grace is like, it doesn't nullify the law, but it makes, it expands it. It's more than the law. It doesn't go against it, but grace is like, like the way that I think of it is, um, you know, they had so many laws. I can't remember how many it was in the Old Testament. It was like an insane amount, number. Mm -hmm. But um, we don't have to do 
do those laws, but, you know, like sacrifice the animals or whatever. But like when I think of um, the, the Ten Commandments, I don't think grace gives us permission to like just go against that because grace is what, what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, like grace is going to enable us to walk in the law and even beyond that stronger with more faith. That's, that's what I take out of it. What I take out of it is that if, well, if, if Jesus fulfilled the law, then, and my faith is in him, so that's what my faith is, Jesus fulfilled the law. So if I fulfill, if I have my faith in him, then it says here, only then we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. Because when I put my faith in Jesus, who fulfilled the law, then, then I fulfill the law, because but we in him now, correct? There we go. And that establishes the validity of the law, the purity of the law, mm -hmm. the, the honor of the law, which represents the Lord. Right. So really, it's a, it's it's giving strength to the law, but not in the way that we think. Not to, not to um, receive anything, but to know the Lord. And to, to, um, and know our sinful self. I mean, that's that's the other mm -hmm. part of what it was given for. It was to show us our weakness. Wasn't the law um, when they tried to abide by the laws? Wasn't that more the restriction part? Is what made them want to do it more? Break the laws. Oh, it was grace that allowed us to um, like when gave us more room. Whenever we're told not to do, to do yeah, something, exactly. it's a little kid syndrome, right? Exactly. In all of us. <laughs> all right. So it's the grace that, that allowed us to, you know, give us more room and, you know, without saying, you know, you know, get back into place kind That's of good. thing. You know That's what I'm good. saying? That's so, good. So really the answer is all of the above there, right? Because you think about like, you know, what Trina just said. Paul says the law is the strength of sin. Right. Right. It's the strength of sin. And the weakness of our flesh, that rebellious child syndrome, whenever we're told not to do something, the nature of the flesh is to rebel against yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Right. That's that started in the garden. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, when Eric talked about, you know, Jesus being the true fulfillment of the law, Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says, in the Amplified says, Do not think that I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, to destroy but to fulfill. And see, if, and he is the only one that could fulfill the law. So what he did was, was what? He fulfilled it for us. Mm -hmm. And now my faith in him, I get to access what he obtained mm -hmm. in his righteousness. Mm -hmm. I have been given the gift of righteousness. You have been given the gift of righteousness because he did what we can't do. That's right. So that's, that's what it means 
for us to to place our faith in him and we have access now to what he obtained for us in fulfilling the law it gets harder in our culture to grasp that what he has done is is completely for our benefit and it it matters for us and that we follow like we we live in his faith our faith isn't worth anything his faith is um but I think the way that the Lord set up the Jewish nation with the priests, that um, as the priest was, so the whole kingdom was. What happened to the kingdom happened because of how their priest behaved. And, and when he brought the sacrifice, and I just, I just find, you know, that whole, that whole structure that the Lord built into the, the picture book of Israel, that's what I like to call it, mm-hmm. um, really helps us because in our democratic way of looking at things or, or public way of looking at things, you know, we, we think of the individual. And this is saying all of us have fallen short of the, God, of the glory of God, but Jesus Christ, because he hasn't, we get to jump into him like the ark that Noah rode in. And I don't know, those, the picture images of Israel really help for me to comprehend that. Mm-hmm. When I'm feeling filthy, <laughs> particularly. That's right. That's right. Well, I like what you say about culture, because I want to look at it from this aspect. Um, it's, I think it's easy for us to embrace forgiveness of sin. Because... It, that it, God forgives us? Yeah. Okay. Because it's preached from the pulpit. Right. 95% of the time. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Okay. I get that. But even with that, I think it's it's only until I mess up. Yeah. But we can embrace that. Okay, but what we talking about here, okay? Um. I think when we said with Jesus, it was the fulfillment of the law. This is my perception. Okay. Some it may be the the mindset that okay, since Jesus fulfilled it, I got to do it too. Mm-hmm. And when we can't do it, we struggle. Okay. Instead of, that's maybe how we looking at it, instead of looking at what it said, okay, since he fulfilled the law, do what it said, mm-hmm. once it I said, get him, then I'm, okay, I by faith received that, hey, I have received the gift of righteousness from him. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to fulfill the law. He did it for me. Mm-hmm. So even when people I mess don't like up, to hear that because right. it sounds like we're in a sticky wicket, but we're really not. Right. Because he totally transforms. Exactly. So because he fulfilled it, I'm just gonna release my faith in what he did. Mm-hmm. Now, but you, when I fall, okay, it doesn't change my position. Yeah. yeah I'm still position. righteous. Okay, I'm still not gonna feel alone. But once your thinking changes, mm-hmm. then your behavior changes. So you get better. You never get perfect at it. But when I, when I fall, it's like, okay, I'm not, as they say, back a sinner again, or, you know, I got to crawl back to God. No. Okay? I get back up. I'm still righteous to God in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus fulfilled the law. Yeah. So I don't have to get into this work righteousness and think I got to I gotta fulfill it just like he did. I'm not, you know, like, okay, Jesus did it, so I got to do it too. No. He did it for us, as Julia said. So therefore, I release my faith in what he did. 
and just go from get there. Clean start. Right, get a clean start. But I think the mentality is maybe they think, okay, because he fulfilled it, okay, now I got to do it. And guess what? As you said, we can't. The list gets longer and longer. <laughs> it's exhausting. And I think that's where so many people fall out of church because they first hear the forgiveness and as soon as they're, mm -hmm. they receive the forgiveness, then there's this tick list of all the do's and don'ts because we take that on instead right. of... And yeah. they may take on, as you said, oh, now I got to fulfill the law. Okay, thou should not, thou should not, thou should not, thou should not. And then when I miss one, it's like, oh man, I miss one. So I gotta start over again. Okay, let me do it better this week. Yeah, it's always a starting over. Right. That's right. That's and right. so, yeah, you know, ways. I may do good for a month this time. Then I fall. Okay, now I gotta start all over again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Now, one of the questions on our outline is one that some of us and a lot of folks have in reference to the, the, the law. It's like, well, then why did God give all these commandments if salvation is just by grace? Okay. Now, point A on, the, on that outline says, they're still thinking that God gave the law so we can keep it and thereby earn relationship with him, which isn't the purpose at all. Now, I'm going to read verse 31 in the Amplified. Romans 3 says, do we nullify the law by this faith, making the law of no effect, overthrowing it? Certainly not. On the contrary, we confirm and establish and uphold the law, since it convicts us of convicts us all of sin, pointing to the need for salvation. Mm -hmm. right. So again, Paul uses the the analogy of of a, of a mirror law being a mirror right so the mirror it can show you a reflection but it can't wash your face all it can show you is what's wrong with you what you look like mm -hmm. and so it is with the law how is your morality against the thou shalt nots how is your morality with the thou shalt nots as expanded upon by exactly. jesus yes that's the one look. right there Right. With your thoughts. Like, mm -hmm. with it. Right. So that's like looking at you you taking a mirror and looking at it in a dim light versus a X ray vision reflection. Because that's how Jesus expanded upon the law. Mm -hmm. It says, Look, do all of you fall short. Mm -hmm. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. So the law's true purchase purpose is to show everyone that we have all fallen short. So with that reflection in mind, I'm like, well, Lord, what should I do to be saved? And what did he, what does he offer? Himself. Because he's the only answer. He's the only one with the water, with the water, because he is the what? The living water. Let's go to chapter four. I'm going to go with, I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. And let me see. I'll, I'll stick with the old school King James here. It says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father as pertaining to the flesh have found? 
For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. All right. Now, let's let's read that without the, all the thou shalt nots and the, the, these and thou's. In the New Living Translation, verses 3 through 5, it says, For the scriptures tell us, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, their, rage, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. I mean, so think about it. Jesus fulfills the law for us, right? Now, is there a way for me to like cut a deal with him to say, hey, okay, you did X, Y, Z. How can I do ABC to get in on what you did? Say it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I'm painting a picture here. Because what is what is like for a believer to try to earn blessing? If Jesus is the only only one who fulfilled the law, who has the the right to the gift of righteousness, to the blessing of God, right? If he's the only one. How can I work off enough debt to buy that from him? Yeah, you can't. I can't, right? You have to be perfect. You can't do that. It's only one that did perfect. Right. So he's the only one qualified. He is. Right. Now he did say there was one other. Didn't he mention that in the word of God? There was one other that, that was, uh, he qualified as uh, living a really straight life. I'm not quite sure who that was. I don't remember. But I, I remember a pastor saying there was one other he mentioned. Like Job. Huh? Like Job. I'm not sure. No. But, but, I mean, there was one that never died but went straight to be with the Lord mm -hmm. and died. Enoch, that's only Enoch was one of us wondering if it was him. But, but yeah, I think it's like, like Moses. I mean, God says some amazing words about Moses, but we know that Moses sins. Yeah. It's how how God saw Moses through Jesus, mm -hmm. his holiness. I think that's the same with Enoch. The only other person I could think of was Joseph. It's never recorded that he did. But it didn't say he was perfect. It's not recorded. Joseph really did anything wrong. Mm. Mm. It's not written down. Right. And let's clear the theology out. Let's say theoretically, he didn't have any any marks against him morally, any sin that you can identify. Mm. The reality is, he is a child of 
Adam. That's it right there. Mm-hmm. See, so, we always look at works, but it's not about So the, re- the reality is, based on his bloodline, yeah. he's guilty. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and that's it. why David said, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Adam, all right, let's go to Romans 5, and we're going to go back to 4. All right. So I do not want nobody getting confused because they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to find that perfect person beside <laughs> Jesus. I said, no, sir. There's only one who's perfect. Absolutely. Let's go to verse 12, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Makes it real plain. Then we go down to verse 17. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit command of God, as Adam did, now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to uh, to our being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will receive, will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So you see the great exchange, right? So we we got a bad inheritance from Adam. (laughs) But after being born again, we get to reap of our new inheritance, the gift of righteousness, right? Standing with God because of what? Jesus did. And praise God, he, until the time Jesus came, he overlooked the sin of man until Jesus came so that everybody from Adam on could have that same free gift. Okay. The religious skeptic, just he just texted me. He got he got upset. He got upset when Mary just said what she did. But I'm I'm not gonna answer his text today. All right. But we're gonna keep reading. I want us to read verse 18 and 19 as well. It says, Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. 
See, this is why we, we look at Romans. It's the gospel throughout from different angles. Just, yeah, I mean, just Paul breaking it down theologically. And this is why I like using the New Living Translation because you can't get no plainer than what, what, what is, what is than what we're reading. We're just reading. Just reading the Bible. Because a lot of these questions and you misunderstand we got, how, you know, preachers just, just saying all kinds of stuff. Sound good. It, it hoop well. But does it really convey the truth? Mm-hmm. And verse 20 in the New Living says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 20 lets us know that sin will never be stronger than grace. We have it. We have that way around. We think if you do a certain sin, then that knocks grace out. No. Mm-hmm. It says there. It says, but as people sin more and more, grace, God's wonderful grace, becomes more abundant. There you go. There so you go. it would never surpass. Your sin would never surpass God's grace. Let's go back to Romans 4. Right, we we about to approach <clears throat> Eric's favorite scriptures here. Mm-hmm. Let's look at verses 6 through 8. I'm going to let him read it. It says, David also spoke of this when he described the happiness of those who are declared righteous without working for it. 7 says, Oh, what joy for those who disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Mm-hmm. Eight says, yes, what joy is for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. See, I read that, I was like, okay, that means, because I used to, my testimony is that, you know, when I grew up, they told you, if you save, then, okay, you save, but when you get to heaven, you know, all the sins that you never asked for forgiveness, all the ones that you, I said you miss, then that's going to be on you know, the screen. And so, you know, the thing is, you're good, got away all your bad. It's like, okay, so, spent most of my young life trying to make sure to be more good and bad. But when you read this, it says, hey, he wipes it out of his sight, all of them. So I mean, like, I read that, I was like, wait a minute, so you mean tell me, okay, even though I missed one or asked for forgive for one, he ain't hold against me, this says that I'm clear of all sin, mm-hmm. past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. And so when I got a revelation, that just freed me. I was like, okay, so I'm not worried about if I miss one or, you know, if I forget something or do something. It tells me he's not holding it against me. 
I like what the King James says. They will use the word impute, which means, you know, count against you. And I was like, okay, so since he's not holding these things against me, then why am I worried about, yeah, this, uh, missing the mark, this and that. It just, it just freaked me when I understood that. And there's the question, frees you to what? To sin more? Of no, course not. Exactly. Of course not. It frees you. Go the words, you, you to won't sin less. To focus on the Lord and enjoy yeah. Him. Because mm -hmm. like I said, when you, when you believe right, you will live right. It's about believing. That's what we're talking about here. Believing. And when you believe right, you're going to live right. You're not, you believe that you're forgiven. Then that's not going to make you want to go out and do more bad stuff. That means you can get the revelation. That means that, okay, me, God, I'm forgiven, past, present, future, he's not holding against me. That, that should be, make you love him more when you look at the magnitude of what he did for you. Mm -hmm. So that makes me want to do better versus just say, okay, now I can let it rip. Yeah. yeah. But you think about when you love somebody, you know, well, your spouse, your kid, that don't make you want to go and say, okay, I can do bad stuff with them and get away with it. I mean, even humans, we don't, we understand that from a human point of view, we don't, you love somebody, you don't want to say, okay, I can hurt them and get away with it. No. When you love them, you say, okay, I want to do my best for them, put my best foot yeah. forward, you know. Well, bad habits are oftentimes, um, oh, I failed anyway, what's the difference if I do it one more time? Right. Thing. It's that, it's that, downward spiral and this is what frees us from from that kind of thinking mm -hmm. that's good that's good because think about it you're trying your best to live clean <laughs> mm -hmm. but in the back of your mind you still hearing that preacher say you know you just an old sinner saved by grace mm -hmm. right so when you fall the identity when you look in the mirror you think oh yeah I'm just an old sinner so sure, what difference do it make? It's just gonna be me. Up the day, down the mall, up the mall, down again the next day. And you just on this hamster wheel. Not getting anywhere. And the danger now, to be honest, just living in the times we living in now, you got a lot of people that are just saying, forget it, I'm jumping off the hamster wheel altogether. Yep. And just abandoning everything that is any hint of Christianity, the religion of Christianity. So that works righteousness. Mm -hmm. It's it, it you, people are the people are not they are not willing to get on that hamster wheel anymore. Mm -hmm. right. So that's why because it's exhausting. It is right. It's just exhausting. Right. And fruitless. Right. kind of silly but when Eric was talking about earlier you know the concept of having to to live clean and and, and live right because there was going to be a movie in heaven mm -hmm. of all all of, of all of all your bad stuff yeah. that's right and then I was thinking I was like really I'm like you mean you're gonna have all that drug use and pornography and playing in heaven for real yeah. for all the stuff that yeah. folks done did yeah we don't really think about it that way, do we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I mean, come on. I mean, just, just, I mean, just make it plain. Mm -hmm. But he's, he has 
what did the scripture say? He's cleansed us mm -hmm. from all sin. Oh. All. So in the Greek, all means all. all. And in Hebrew, it means, means all. all. And you know, in the Aramaic, all means all. Look at let's look at verse nine. All right, New Living Translation it says, "Now is this blessed this blessing only for the Jews, or is it also for uncircumcised Gentiles?" Well, we have been saying that Abraham was counted as righteous by God because of his faith. But how did this happen? Was it counted as righteousness only after he was circumcised, or was it before he was circumcised? Clearly, God accepted Abraham before he was circumcised. So before the outward sign was performed, he was already counted righteous as righteous. Why? Because of his faith. His faith connected him with God's grace. Verse 11 says, circumcision was only a sign that Abraham already had faith and that God had already accepted him and declared him to be righteous even before he was circumcised. So Abraham is the spiritual father of those who have faith but have not been circumcised. They are counted as righteous because of their faith. Now, what modern-day sacrament can be used this way? Because I was reading it, I'm thinking about something else. Baptism. There you go. Water baptism. Because does water baptism save you? No. No. Communion's like that, too, for some, yeah. like Catholic That's tradition. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of the physical expressions we've got from scripture people have turned them into a law again yeah and and you know and and it is it's been conveyed by that in some circles well it's like, our human nature isn't it to always go to the carnal what we can experience with our senses mm -hmm. is what is the reality and we really don't it's hard yeah. To grasp the spiritual. Yeah. You know, it takes the inspiration of the Lord to do it. Yeah. yeah that season I was a youth pastor. I became at a church, and I can't tell you how many young people who thought because they got baptized before that they was good. And I saw it. I mean, even in the leadership in that ministry it kept doing that. They kept baptizing Loading. kids. Mm -hmm. You know, and then cause I, I remember clearly one time. You mean like yeah. infant baptism? No, I'm not just infant, just, just like young children. Young children. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember one time we baptized this young girl, and um, he asked the girl before he dipped it down, Do you understand what you're doing? She says, No. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Okay. My mouth cut it off because she do not understand. Go back, you know, take her out, explain to her. But he just went on anyway. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh my gosh. She don't understand what she's doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, give her time. Which is hard but, because then they hang their whole life on it as they get older. Right. Because she's going to maybe, it's a possibility she grew up thinking, okay, because I got 
baptized. Oh, I got something. Yeah. And so I was like, my heart broke. I was like, she had, because, I mean, the reason why my heart broke, because, as I said, I got saved when I was 10. I knew exactly what I was doing because I had parents to minister to me, to understand what I need to do. At a 10-year-old level, but you can, right. God can still take you to that place. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't um, allow us to do anything, you know, until, okay, we want to make sure you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So when I made the decision for Christ, I knew exactly what I knew what back to was all about. I knew what was happening because it was explained to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why I say it doesn't matter how old you are. A child can know and God can reveal what's going on. And I did it with young people. So I remember this to a young girl. She was about 12. And I remember she's a part of our ministry. And she came up and got saved that day. And I remember... Me and her parents were good friends. We were going to the house the same day. I says, and I remember asking, Did you understand what you did today? And she explained to me, I said, Okay, yeah, you got it. So, kids, like I said, can I, mm-hmm. they can explain to you in their own words mm-hmm. what they did if it's taught right. right. They understand it. So, but I just see, I saw so many young people that didn't, and I see grown ups who have grown and says, Oh, I'm saved because I got baptized when I was. 10 or 13. Or an infant. Right, or an infant. Not and so I was like, but that doesn't qualify. So it's just an outward sign of an inward condition. There you go. That's it. That's it. That's it. But shoot, if it was like that, we'd yeah. just be snatching up folks and dunking. <laughs> and we'd say, get the job they done. They did. In these positions. I mean, there are some awful things that happened. <laughs> right. right. And Native Americans, I think. Same thing. Now I'm I'm gonna go on this tangent a little bit just to just to show you what the scripture says about this. Let's go to Colossians two, I'm gonna look at verses eleven, twelve, thirteen. And reading that in the New Living Translation. Yeah. Yep. Eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Colossians two. It says When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized. And when and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. So you see the physical act of circumcision, the sacrament of baptism, all it is a physical representation of an inward work, what's going on in the heart. So the act of baptism really is just an advertisement to the world mm-hmm. of your allegiance to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the actual act of putting your trust in him. That's here. Can't nobody see that. But you make that profession. You believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then you get baptized. Then you are just, all you're doing is advertising to the world what has happened to you on the inside. That's a good first step, though, in unraveling the, the concept of 
or the reality of baptism in the Spirit, too. Because I was raised with that water baptism is the baptism of the right. Holy Spirit. And that's a fallacy as well. All right. I'm not going to take debate tonight. We're going to stay. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's all right. No, I know you want to go on that. <laughs> yeah. There'll be another time. Yeah, we'll be going down that route. Wow. Okay. All right, let's go back to Romans 4. All right, we're going to look at verses 13, 14, and 15. The New Living Translation says, Clearly, God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was based not on his obedience to God's law, but on a right relationship with God that comes by faith. If God's promise is only for those who obey the law, then faith is not necessary. And the promise is pointless. For the law always brings punishment on those who try to obey it. The only way to avoid breaking the law is to have no law to break. Like what Terry said, it doesn't, Terry always say, it doesn't take faith for the law. It didn't take faith for the law. You know, it just took works, just do it. So it don't, you don't have to believe for the law. Just, the law just said, okay, just do it. Okay, here it is, do it. And then, of course, we can't do it. We can always fall, but it doesn't take any faith for the law. But it does take faith to believe the promise that my sins have been paid for. Mm -hmm. I've been given the gift. I've been made righteous by what Jesus did. That takes faith. Yeah. And the law doesn't require a relationship either, do it? No, it doesn't. Like being in the jail with the faith, with the, uh, with the law. Mm -hmm. You know? Behind bars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what the, what the law is doing, you know. So that's why they said to come through and open up that stuff. There you go. Mm -hmm. there you when go. I hear the law, and about you hear, you take a slave, just do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, do, just do it. Yeah. Yeah, Don't question do it. it, just mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. You know, but relationship, grace is okay. Grace allows love. <clears throat> yeah behind mm -hmm. it has inspired mm -hmm. you know I love being in this you know a follower of Jesus Christ and um, doing his will for my life because I know he loves me you know that grace is just awesome mm -hmm. you know gives you a lot you know room you know when you know you've fallen you know Jesus will lift you up mm -hmm. you know he's always there he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us and so that gives us a lot of, um, it gives us um, hope. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Allows us to live in his will and not be condemned. Mm -hmm. He knows like the that. intentions of our heart. Yes. Mm -hmm. Even when our actions show to be not up to snuff. There you go. <laughs> we don't have to be perfect. Because yeah. he did that for us. Right. He, he, he lived the perfect life mm -hmm. for us. He died on that cross for us. He, by his stripes, we were healed. Um, he, he took care of everything for us, you know. And I don't understand how is it that people who do know that can't seem to let go and let God. I really don't understand it. You, you read the Bible. You see what he's done. You know what he's done. 
what else do you need? <laughs> you know, what else do you need in order to follow? You know he loves you. You know? The devil is real. I think I said okay. earlier in the way it's just to actually it just it's preached from I think the pulpit. And I think that's why we we struggle with going back and forth. Because mm-hmm. it's just not if it's not preached right. Mm-hmm. From the leaders, then we're gonna kind of be torn between the two, mm-hmm. you know. So if it's not preached correctly, I think right. I was just gonna say, I think also our hearts condemn us, you know, when we know we have failed in a certain area. Um, one of the ways that we cope with that sometimes is we just shut down, and so that's one of the things that I've began to realize is. You know, there are different facets in me, and some may be at my appropriate age, quote-unquote, with the Lord, but some of them is like two-year-old still, you know, temper tantrums and all the rest, you know, and I don't even know what all of those, we don't know ourselves well enough sometimes, and these things will pop out when certain pressure points get hit that we've kept under wraps for an awfully long time, and, and each one of those parts of us we have to lay down as we as is revealed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a growing process with the Lord. Even though even though our redemption was once and for all at the cross, mm-hmm. our understanding it and embracing it and walking in it I think is a lifetime event. Yeah, sometimes I think it's just where we um we we put him in our shoes. You know, we're limited. You know, and God is unlimited. Mm-hmm. as to, you know, his forgiveness. We look at things from a different perspective and uh, sort of like yeah. either close the door on you or, you know, don't like you no more. You're not a part of our group, all that kind of stuff. And um, instead of forgiving one another, mm-hmm. you know, so. Run and hide like Adam. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Cover up with big leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That's good. That's good. So I'm we just thankful for God and just that's you know, right. you know that's his, right. his forgiveness. Oh yeah. You know, because um, like I, it's <laughs> only one person that you know totally um, perfect yeah. on earth, <laughs> and right. it wasn't me. <laughs> it was Jesus Christ, that's right. our Lord and Savior. So, and um, He paid the price for us. And I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. And getting to that humility is where the freedom comes in. It isn't is. It? Yeah. 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 Let go and let God. Mm-hmm. You know, grab onto His unchanging hand and keep moving towards Him. Mm-hmm. Allow Him to follow. Allow Him to lead you. Amen. You know, never give up. He'll never give up on us. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, you keep on. Somebody gonna shout three points, and we gonna have to go get some fried chicken after this. That's good stuff. I mean, because that's that's what it is, you know. And what the what the law will do, you just getting in that works mindset, you know, it'll it'll get you focus on you. And the more we focus on ourselves the more difficult things 
are, the more trouble we have. Yeah. You know, and the word pressure points was was used, and that's one of the things that that the the enemy uses pressure mm -hmm. to get us get our vision distorted away from God's goodness. Yeah. You know. Oh, let's go to Matthew 13 just to illustrate that. Seems like every few studies we kind of go back to this one, but Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, how can you understand all parables? All right. All right. Matthew 13, we'll start at verse 18, and I'm going to stick in the New Living Translation. I, did, I might have to. Make this the official Karis Bible Studies Grace and Faith Fellowship translation. I can't I use it so much. You get me on it all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it, it because it's so it's so plain. It is yeah. but it's consistent. Yeah. With I mean that's why I went to the new King James version was I, I can't handle the old King James all the time. It's just cumbersome, but but the new King James I like because it I'm seeing it lines up a lot with um the little tiny bit I know about the Hebrew and the Greek parts, it's faithful to that, but I'm finding this is too, yeah. and I'm so thankful. And, the, and the, yeah, see, and the, so I like, much easier. And this is the blessing that we have in the technology, because like right now, I got great. I got three translations on the screen right now. Yeah, yeah you know, wonderful. so you know you can compare and contrast and just get the whole whole meat of the scripture. Right. Look at verse 18. It says, Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Now you see, Scripture says, In all thy getting, get understanding. So just being able to to read the word and understand it, mm. understand what's being said. Mm. Which is, you, you imagine how many people could have been set free if they had a new living translation set in front of them years ago, I'm talking about centuries ago. Yeah. You know, the, the common folks that, you know, who, who had a hunger for God, but just all you had was the Elizabethan English, and if you weren't, you know, able to articulate and understand that language, you, you couldn't really connect. You were missing some stuff. Mm -hmm. And that misunderstanding, the, the word could be put out there, but if you don't understand what's going on, what's happening? It's going right over your head. Mm -hmm. Verse 20. It says the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. All right, so that's, that's the pressure right there. Mm -hmm. The trials, the things that, you know, the adversities. And the persecution, you know, because you could be persecuted just, I mean, you know, not, not in a in a sense like our brethren across the, the world who are getting killed, you know, who are under the threat of, of 
of losing their life for having to study like this. Mm-hmm. But you can go on your job and, you know, and be around some Christian friends mm-hmm. and say, I'm, you know, you could read, be reading your little book with, you know, Andrew, um, you already got it or something like that, just any book. And you're like, what you read? You already got it. You already got what? What you talking about? Well, ain't that that guy on TV? And then, you know, he on TV is like, oh, here we go. You done hooked up with one of them blabby, grab it people, huh? Right? So just because you're, you know, you're trying to get deeper in the word, right? But there's a negative association with, you know, certain ministries, certain people, certain ministers, then there could be some some frictional persecution that, you know, that comes because of that, mm-hmm. right? And all of that is carnality anyway. Because mm-hmm. what, did, what did Paul talk, what did he say about that? He said, it, you know, it's baby stuff mm-hmm. in Corinthians. Right. And, I mean, because this, all this stuff has been going on back then. Because people boasting about, well, you know, I'm of Apollos. I'm a part of his ministry. And other folks like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm with I'm I'm with Peter. I'm a part of Peter's ministry. Well, I'm of Jesus. I'm a part of Jesus' ministry, y'all. Second rate, right? <laughs> right? And ain't that stuff we do today? The whole denominational stuff, you know? Well, you would tell you following them televangelists, oh, you fake. You ain't, you know, Kojic. Oh, oh, you ain't, oh, 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 or you Baptist, or you, or you Lithu Lutheran, or you Presbyterian, all this other stuff. You know, thinking that th- these things matter. But again, anything that the enemy can use to rob us of trusting in the Lord. Verse 22 says, The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lore of wealth, so no fruit is produced. Now, I'm going to read this and amplify. It says, and the one on whom seed was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the worries and distractions of the world and the deceitfulness, the superficial pleasures and delight of riches choke the word. And it yields no fruit. That's another big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can pray for each other on that one every day. Because life is really ramped up right now. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there's. In home as well, or, you know, for many people, it's in their home as well as in their communities as well as in their broader, broader brothers. Yeah. It's like every area, every level of life is, mm-hmm. is being tested. Mm-hmm. It really is. You know. And just um, the clock is ticking and feels fast all the time. Like there's not, to get the time to pause with the Lord, you have to fight for it. You really have to fight for it now. You have to guard your heart. Absolutely. That's right. right. You don't guard that heart. Um, that right there is like, like the, the the living part of us, mm. you know how we receive stuff, and we have to guard, you know, what what we're intaking, 
and what we allow um, to be our focus. You know, um, anything that's not, we, we know what's, what's of God. You know what's right, what's wrong. And you just, when, when it comes to, you know, um, people criticizing you, you got, we got to learn how to stand. Mm. Um, you know, what I believe in is what I believe in. I'm not going to let nothing, no one take me away from that. I know God's word and I'm going to live in it. I'm going to love by it and I'm going to show love and I'm gonna, you're not going to take that from me. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if you want to kill me today. You know, it's just something that I'm going to buy. But I don't, I'm going to let you know, period. What I know from God's word, if I feel that, you know, that it can help you, whether or not you're willing to take it or not, that's on you. But I'm going to let you know that's not God's will for your life, period. And he loves you, and he wants the best for you. Take that cigarette out of your mouth, you know. Just take it on out. God loves you. He don't want you smoking that. That's you, you're messing up something. He gave you a perfect body. He don't want you taking that. You know, I just lay it on out there. Okay. Sometimes you just have to be bold. You know, that's a part of loving one another. Yeah. You know, just willing to just go ahead and say, you know, um, let me give you a hand up instead of, you know, sitting back looking at you and that's stupid. You know, uh huh. I'm gonna let you know. So what's the 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 most important thing about what she said though? Love. love. Right. That is love. You know. Wanna you know, pull somebody up. Mm -hmm. You know, the side that I'm seeing though too is is um and I've been saying this not letting our hearts go into that zone that just tunes out. We need the communion with the Lord all the time so that we're ready to have a word in season. Because I I find that's hard area too yeah. as you get confronted with that moment you're not prepared because you've been zoning out because you're tired with something and I'm just learning I've, I've got to stay with the Lord minute by minute now yeah and it's it's a discipline that that is again out of love not yeah. out of law oh no mm -hmm. it has to be out of love I love it. Out of law. Mm -hmm. I just I've learned just to take advantage of those those moments where in the car, mm. you know, um, just I got ten minutes here. Just you know, kind of train myself to say, okay, hey, you know, just talk to him a few minutes, you know. Holy throne. Yeah, it's like you know, so I'm gonna <laughs> take advantage of those moments. Cause you said life is busy. Mm. You got this and got that, and so I've learned to kind of catch those moments where it's like, okay, hey, especially when you're in the car, you're just yeah. driving. That, you know, and, um, I so spend I most of my time talking to God <laughs> in the car, just like, hey, yeah, worship me to come. Yeah, so it's like it's you and him. And so, but like I said, you have those moments where, like you said, you you just stay connected, you know, That's talk to him and a few words, you know, mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to give you five minutes. And so, yeah, it doesn't mean that yeah, you have to have a whole dissertation. Right, exactly. It's just connecting. Just connecting. So making sure you're connecting. Making sure you're connecting, cutting, cutting grass. 
I do, but um, it's just, like I said, those times when you just learn to say, okay, hey, these are moments I can take advantage of to stay connected. Like you said, it's a lot of minister to me. I can talk to him, you know, and just take care of those little moments and just be aware of, like you said, be sensitive to them. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, because I was counseling coming from Hampton, so I had like it was like an hour and ten minutes to get over here today. Yeah. So I had I had me I had me a prayer service and praise and worship before I got here. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, but see, and just like you know what Eric said, how pra- how practical is that? You know, because those commutes that's that's a part of your day to day anyway. So how am I going to use that time? Yeah. I could be, you know, listening to some nonsense on the radio. Yeah. Or I could be listening to some praise and worship, mm-hmm. praying, talking to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, listening to some teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. And those are all choices. We need to have choices. Right. Because I'm a sports, sports fanatic, and I remember, you know. A what fanatic? Sports, sports. fanatic. Oh. I love sports. Oh, and that's God. And I remember time when I would get up in the morning because I got to be working real early, and I would flip the TV on, watch the sports news, see this and that, mm-hmm. listening to them talking about the sports game last night, you know, and that was my daily routine in the morning, you know, until it's like okay, There's you know, caffeine. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as I get to grow and says okay, you know what, this is time I can spend with him, you know, I can always watch ESPN and get it on your phone now. Yeah. So, but I learned to say, okay, you know what? These are moments I can take time to spend with him versus me, you know, doing other things. Yeah. And like I said, not to say there's nothing wrong with those things, but it's just like, you know, how like you said, you know, you want to stay connected with all that's going on, the things that's going on in your personal life, you know, and in the, in the abroad, you just have to make sure you stay connected with him. Very intentional. Exactly. Yeah. Very yeah. intentional. Yeah, and that, that's real talk because, you know, I'm a sports guy too. <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, when 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 trouble come, when adversity come, it ain't gonna matter what how how much of a signing bonus LeBron got again. Yeah, you know? there you go. But I, I learned all the details of his contract. That ain't gonna help me <laughs> when I'm you know when when trouble hit. <laughs> real talk, yeah. you know. So it's just that time, and because he. Jesus said, abide in me, not my word, abide in you. And that, and that, that is like becoming more and more vital. I said, Eric, just, he just, he just called, he did, see, he called me out. Now I got to cut out some of this um, Fox Sports News time out. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna cut that in half, man. It's just, it's just too much going on out here. You know. We all got some of that. Yeah. Because honestly, you know, it's just like the the type of pressure, like we talk about here, all the things that are going on on every level, in in the house, on the job, in our communities, in the broader nation in a whole, all these things are are in our face. So if if I'm not feeding on His presence, I'm not. If I'm not feeding on the Word, then the possibility of me reacting in the flesh is going to be much, much higher. 
And on top of that, if if I if the only spiritual food I'm getting is some law based teaching on Sunday morning, mm -hmm. how much strength am I gonna have for real? That's why his his grace, me hearing about just being reminded of what he did for me, mm -hmm. how good he is. Amen. That that's the that's the, the strength that mm -hmm. I need that we need mm -hmm. to to live, mm -hmm. to thrive, not just survive, but thrive. to thrive. Because yeah. that's, that's what Paul told us: we shall reign in life mm -hmm. through Jesus Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. So, in spite of overcome is the big word in Revelation, mm -hmm. and that's that's mm -hmm. a part of our identity as overcomers so that's that's just in your nature that's that's your nature so you you falling down you failing is is against who you are if that's what you see when you look in the mirror you have an identity crisis as a believer that's not who you are that's right Let me jump back on my outline. <laughs> says, says God's grace is is consistent toward everyone, but not everyone reaps his benefits because faith is how you gain access to God's grace. All right, Romans five two. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Now we talked about this in the beginning. The word access means admission. Right? Faith is believing that the gospel is true. Before we receive salvation, we must quit trusting in ourselves and put our trust in the Savior. Mm -hmm. Accepting salvation as a free gift apart from any goodness of our own is contrary to everything we've known. And that's, and that's just up from here. Yeah. To all of our door years, right? Because mm -hmm. ain't you know your 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 boss ain't give you a paycheck by grace. I tell you that. <laughs> it says we're rejoicing in hope of the glory of God, not only in good times but also in bad. This knowledge of God's love in our hearts gives us boldness and confidence that we will not be put to shame. And that's big right there. Because yeah. that, that whole understanding of the love of God. How, you know, and I'm like, sometimes I'm thinking, well, dog, am I ever going to get past this revelation and you get to something deeper than this? But there's no, there's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing deeper than that. There's nothing deeper than that. Because if that's the if you understand the foundation of God's love, then that is what empowers you to walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. Because with whatever type of, of nonsense, whatever things craziness can, that that's in front of your eyes, your ears, if you are resting in the foundation of the love of God, it's only gonna bother you but so much. 
it can't shake you off that foundation. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. He valued us and died for us while we were yet sinners. Mm -hmm. Now how many, how many of us are willing to do that? We will close out in chapter 5. Let's go to chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 6. Alright. Now I'm, I'm going to look at this in the Amplified. Let's look. It says, While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute for the ungodly. Verse 7. Now it is an, an extraordinary thing for one to willingly give his life, even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a good man, one may, one who is noble and selfless and worthy, someone might even dare to die. But God clearly shows and pro proves his own love for us. By the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Therefore, since we have now been justified, declared free of the guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. It is much more certain, having been reconciled, that we will be saved from the consequence of sin by his life. That is, we will be saved because Christ lives today. Not only that, but we also rejoice in God, rejoicing in his love and perfection through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received and enjoy our reconciliation with God and that, that that I think we we underlooked that word reconciliation because there's a difference but you can forgive somebody and not reconcile mm. but we've been reconciled we talking about relationship restoration That's, that's what he has given to us. So as we look at all this, you know, the things that are going on in the world. This is exactly what we need. To, to not lose sight of how good he is. Mm -hmm. And all all we're seeing is the outgrowth of a world that is sin sick and is separating itself further and further away from God. Mm -hmm. All we do all we're doing is seeing the consequence of that. Mm -hmm. But you being the salt and light that you are can be a 
vessel of honor to draw others into the kingdom. All right, social media family, thank you once again for joining us, and we will see you next week. Well, in two weeks in Virginia Beach, we'll see you next week. In uh, in um, from our new 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 study, we're gonna see you tomorrow too. Mm -hmm. All right. All right.